Welcome to Growth Island, your go-to podcast on how to be the best version of yourself. Now, let's join your host, Mess Freeze, as he interviews high performers and experts in nutrition, meditation, exercise, relationships, business, general health, and life's bigger mysteries. All right. So thank you for all the people that tuned in for this Talent Garden Tech Talk. And this talk is going to be some hacks for meaningful life. My name is uh, Mass Fries, and um, we're just going to give it 30 seconds more for more people to tune in. And then we're going to get started. But for the people waiting that already tuned in, I would start with an exercise. So something we often forget is just breathing. So if you already tuned in, take a deep breath. Breathe all the way down in your diaphragm. And a proper breathing out. And while we're still waiting for the last people to get on, I would I would ask you another question to to think about something good that happened within the last week in your life. It can be everything from a good dinner, the sun was out, a nice person, a smile on the on the street. So keep on to that memory. All right, <clears throat> and then I think we uh, we're good to get started. A few people tuned in already. So um, briefly about the uh, the content I'm gonna try and run through is shortly who am I? Something about an experimental mindset for for living this happy, meaningful life. Some what to work on, and then some simple things to try. So my goal with this talk is that <clears throat> when you listen. After this, there's at least one thing that you will take and try and implement in your life afterwards. Hopefully, there'll be more. Um, and I have several things you can try, but that you find one thing that you'll try and implement after this talk. So, briefly about who I am. I'm a friend of the Talent Garden crew in, uh, in Copenhagen. Uh, I used to work with several of them, the lovely people there. I also have a background as a management consultant in Deloitte, doing slides and... Uh, and Excel sheets, that's always much easier than, uh, than doing it yourself. I founded my own startup uh, where we had users in 30 different countries. I was traveling around the world, um, helping get surf gear and lessons more accessible to people around the world. So a big adventure. And then I was a director at Rainmaking where I was teaching some of these different startup tools like Lean Startup, how do you actually test an idea, your different hypotheses. How do you ask users the right questions? So there was everything from Abu Dhabi, Dubai, Bergen, Berlin, London, Copenhagen, and so on. A lot of fun, and it's the same challenges that you meet around the world. Today, I am a partner in Kring, where we build new companies. We believe the best way to predict the future is to co-create it. So we do that through a venture studio, where we create companies within health and well-being and, uh, and energy. So we have our internal team that are building, and then we have our own funding to fund these companies. And then we partner up with cool entrepreneurs, potentially someone like you listening right now, and also big corporates. But more importantly of why I was invited today is because I interview experts around the world. 
So I have the podcast Growth Island, and I kind of made it my my path or my mission uh, to interview people on how do we live a happy, healthy, and meaningful life. Like, what is it that really makes people happy, and what is it that makes someone perform really well? I find that extremely fascinating. And it's something that can keep me up um, long hours. And most of my friends think I'm a big nerd. Um, but for some reason, I found that super interesting, more interesting than cars or football. Uh, I prefer to play sports instead of just watching them. That also means that I've been doing a bunch of experiments. Uh, some people call it biohacking. Everything from cryotherapy to get my brain measured several times, to, uh, to cold water, to, uh, to clean oxygen, and a bunch of other stuff. But uh, I really believe that you got to test a lot of stuff to really figure out what works best. And um, that leads into uh, the talk today. So often we don't fail because our lack of ambition. But we fail because our lack of clarity of what we want, strategy, and good habits. So those three aspects are some of the stuff we're going to touch on today. And then I'm a big fan of the 80-20. So how do we get 80% results with 20% effort? I'm not sure if any of you out there feel like you just have way too much time. At least I find myself often wanting to do way too many things and, and I don't really have enough time to get things done. And by interviewing all these different people and you probably hear a lot of advice as well about how oh, you should do X, Y, Z. My big question is always like, so what actually provides the biggest benefit? Because you could do biohacks or health optimization or happiness techniques um, all day long, right? And it would take all of your day. So what is it really that helps and makes the biggest difference? So that's what we're going to try and focus a bit on today. And I, I took a few of them out. So biohacking, as I mentioned before, new fancy uh, uh, word, but basically it's the art and science of optimizing your performance, health and well-being with the help of technology and nature. So it's not about having chips in your hand. It's very much about figuring out what are the best technologies and how can we use nature as well. So, um, so that's a part of, of the theme as well. And I really love science and art. And uh, if you look at this graph, that's the reason why I love it. It's so fantastic, right? It's one of those standard graphs where you can see there's a theme. But, but this graph is actually it's just a made-up one. So, um, but it symbolizes the two things I love about science. It is that we can figure out what works for the majority of people. Meaning, finding research papers that says this works for the majority of people, as you can see this beautiful line. So testing that stuff out, but then also noticing that little dot, lonely dot up there. And that's, that's really like the outlier. And a lot of, not a lot of people, but often some of the really successful people are outliers. So they do something different. So the same meaning also that you might be an outlier. So there might be this study showing that something is really good for your health or your happiness, but you might be one of those few outliers that it doesn't work with. So one, of, one, one thing I hope that you really take away from this is really listening to people that have the experience, but testing it out yourself and really testing out to see if it works or not. And then also like see if it, like, if it doesn't work, keep moving on. But do try and find the stuff that works for a majority of people. Otherwise, it's simply just going to take too long to test too many different things. And that's kind of the promise or like the one of the main theses of, uh, of my approach that I've learned from these different entrepreneurs, uh, medical experts, and so on, is really this approach of testing. And 
pretty much I've interviewed more than 50 people now. All of them are super curious. They love to learn new things and love to test new things. That's one of the main criteria. If I had to say one criteria that resembles all of the experts that I interviewed is really this approach to testing new stuff out. So going into what to work on, and this is a very concrete technique that most of the successful people that I met have mastered. So they figure out what, what is really something that makes them happy. A simple exercise you can do yourself after this that I hope you will do is that you write down first what are stuff that you love. Stuff that you love to do. So I love to exercise, I love to surf, I love to snowboard, I love to generally things that uh, my adrenaline level goes up, that makes me really happy. I also love to read about personal development, about health, I love to read about startups, I love to do workshops, I like to go deep into different areas and really understand the details of it. So really listing up all the things that you love. I also love to dance, but I'm not the best dancer. So that's the one column that you make. Then you make another column, which is what are you good at? So what is it that you're really good at? I'm not good at singing. I'm not good at dancing. I might think it's fun, but I'm not that good at it. I am fairly good at taking different information together and, uh, and making it easy, easy accessible for other people and putting concepts together. So that's some of the things that I put down. There's also things that I'm good at that I don't really think is fun. That's another thing to get in. And then the last part is what will people actually pay you for? So once you have those three lists, that's an easy exercise to figure out what's something to focus on. You might already have your own company uh, as an entrepreneur, then this is still helpful to figure out where, where do you want to be in the future? Also, what do you want to work with in the company? You might also be doing the startup right now to get other opportunities. But something that I've met with many of the people also the ones that I coach is really like what to work on. I'm not sure if you ever had that where you like wondered like what should I really be working on? If you do, then this is a really, really nice exercise. But some of you might also be like, but, but I don't really know. I've had many conversations with people where they're like, I actually don't really know like what what I love to do or what I'm good at and so on. And you might ask some of your friends, former colleagues as well, what you're good at to get some more help on that. And then it's it's about reflecting on what you really love to do. I'm surprised, like you're not alone if you are thinking, I'm not really sure what I love to do or you don't have that many things to put down. I can tell you like 40% of the people I talk to have a really hard time of, of writing down what they love to do. That leads to the next thing, which is the simplest hack that I found, which provides the highest return. So the lowest effort, but the highest return on happiness. And that is called a gratitude journal. Some of you might have heard about it before. It's super simple. You basically just write down three things you're grateful for. That almost sounds too easy, right? But it really is impactful. So I do it every night before I go to bed. And I think one-fifth of the people that I interviewed are doing a gratitude journal as well. The reason why it's so powerful is because we're rewiring the brain. So the simple example that you might be able to recognize is if you bought a red Fiat Punta, suddenly you start to see that all around. Or you started a salsa course and suddenly you see something related to salsa. 
or whatever it is, whatever we focus on, we start to notice a bit more. So when we make this habit of actually looking for the positive, we will start to see more positivity in our life. We will start to see more good things. And if we look at how it is today, these these days or last couple of months have been quite clear, right? The news are all about how bad the world is. So it's very easy for for our mind to start to focus more on the bad stuff. Even though we're living in a better time than than ever to live in. Like we're living better than kings and queens when you think about it. We are living better than kings and queens did back in the days. They did not have access to all of the spices that we have today. They might have a local band back then. We have access to Spotify and all the music in the world. Something that my grandfather, now passed away unfortunately, mentioned as well, like he really appreciated now you actually have a toilet where you can flush. They didn't used to have that back in the days either. We have access to all kinds of food. We have access to heat. We have a TV where you can get entertainment and so on. We can fly, not right now, but normally fly around the world. We have better access to healthcare. And for me, that's a really important thing to reflect on in regards to meaning and happiness is really that it's very much about your perspective because the kings back then and queens probably felt like they were having a quite a good life. But even though we're living a better life, if you just look at it objectively, we, many of us are not that happy. That's not to make you feel bad about wanting more in life and so on, but it's something to stop and reflect on once in a while that we are actually living a really good life. The problem is just that we compare ourselves to others all the time, and we often compare ourselves to the top 1%, or we compare ourselves to everyone on Instagram. And, and everyone knows that life on Instagram is not how life is in reality. There's very few people that share the real story. We often just share like the positive moments. So this is where this gratitude journal is extremely powerful. The other thing is that I often notice is when I um, when I go to bed and I might have the last part of the day might not have been that good. When I do this before I go to bed and I realize, wow, I actually had a, many, a lot of good moments during the day. And it doesn't have to be big stuff, but it, but that I really can't stress that enough to try it out. So the research says that uh, you get the biggest benefit if you only do it uh, three times a week than if you do it every day. And part of that reason is because most of the research has been done for college students and uh, people, if they had to do it every single day, felt more pressure. It still made a difference, but in the start, it's easier just to do it a few times a week until it becomes a habit and it doesn't feel like another stress um, factor in your life. So as you can hear, I'm pretty fond of this and there's different ways to do it. You can also do a gratitude draw, so where you put down small notes so there's different different ways to do this gratitude journal or writing down what you're grateful for. The next thing, I don't know if you ever tried it that you had too many priorities in your life. So I definitely have. And way too often I want to do too many things. And that is something a lot of successful or driven people have. And basically everyone in the world right now. So really... If everything is a priority, you don't have any priorities. So for me, I'm cutting down much harder now. It was really hard in the start. Uh, I get a lot of uh, LinkedIn messages and emails and so on because there's different things that I'm doing and I wanted to answer everyone. But I realized that I was actually, I was every time I said yes to a new uh, respond, I was also saying no to my family or being active. So even though I'm a big yes person, one of the things that I had to learn, and 
many of the other people that I talk to is really to say no and actually write out your top priorities. So is your top priority health, family, friends, work? Or is your top priority work, family, friends? Or how are your priorities? Because many of us end up in the situation being like, I prioritize, my, my family is really important to me. But we don't, we don't really show that in real life. So actually figuring out what are your priorities, potentially put them up on the wall, um, or something else, have them in your phone so you get reminded, and then actually living after those priorities. It sounds so basic, but, um, but many things are often basic, so common knowledge is often not common practice. And I think that's especially the, the better it goes with your startup or whatever you're doing, the harder this is going to be. So this is especially for the entrepreneurs out there. So who do you want to help? So often we talk about, is there actually a need for what you're building? Is any is anyone want to pay for it? And so on. I think another question that's really important to ask is, who do you want to help? So let's say that you think lawyers are awful people that are following too many rules. They are expensing uh, way too many hours and so on. Just a stereotype. I, I know some really good lawyers. So just to have an easy stereotype. Then you might not want to build software for them. Same manner as I love surfers. So I was building a platform for surfers. The thing that I didn't realize is that there's a stereotype for surfers, which means that a lot of them are smoking pot and are not that reliable. And that's not the best to build a peer-to-peer -peer platform where you have to uh, rely on them to give out gear, give lessons if they're not the most reliable people. So really scope out who do you want to help. For me, I want to help entrepreneurs. I want to help people that are building the future because I think that's part of really making a difference. I want to help people that are taking their life very serious, people that are, are moving stuff. You can call them high performers that can again move a big agenda. And then I really want to help the people that are having a tough time. So people that are having mental health issues or something else. Those are kind of the people that I would love to create solutions for. So that's a super simple exercise to do. So one of the things that for some reason got out of the presentation is I'm also a co-founder of something called Aya. And Aya is a mental health assistant where we are helping people with some of the tools that I'm explaining about today feel better. We're starting with people that have having a harder time and then later on going to, uh, to people that just want life help. All right. Another one, using a calendar. Super simple. We all know it. There's no excuse. Too many people feel overwhelmed and are planning way too many things that's simply just not possible. So most of the people, again, that I talk to have a calendar. They put stuff in. They make sure to put buffer time. So I look every Friday at my week, see how it went, and then I plan for the next week. It's simply just a super simple way to get more stuff done. Too many people are just having to do, but they have no clue whether it's possible to do it or not. And that's really something to get a lot of that's why a lot of people are being stressed. It's also a good way to get better and better at estimating and make sure you have some buffer time so you don't plan out the full week because most likely something is going to happen and things are going to take longer. Meditation, you heard it too many times. There's a reason why everyone is mentioning it. There's a reason why Tools of Titans, that the majority of people that Tim Ferriss interviewed are meditating. And when I often ask people about what their main habit or most important habit is, most people say meditation. 
I do it as well. As well, it took me a long time to get started. I think it was three years where I tried to get started. I got started after I made it into a super small habit. So I made the frame that I just had to do meditation for three minutes. Then I would have reached my goal. And then I had a small calendar just to reward myself, where I put a circle that I could celebrate that I actually meditated. And now I'm doing around 20 minutes. Whatever meditation works for you, if you are into sports, it might be easier for you to do some kind of body scan meditation. That's at least works for me. I like to feel my body as well. It might be that you just want to clear your mind from thoughts. Sleep. There's another reason why that's a classic. So we know that we need around seven to eight hours of sleep to function properly. There are 1% that have a gene mutation. That means they can go with less. There's a lot of people that think they have that gene mutation, but the majority of us really need those seven to eight hours. And simple things to get better sleep, because it's not only the quantity, it's also the quality, is putting a, a filter on uh, your computer, something like Flux, or if you have Iris, Iris is supposed to be better, that uh, you don't get the same blue light exposure. Also just trying to shut down from work or TV and half an hour to an hour before, that helps a lot in the sleep. Not eating meals late in the evening also helps on sleep for most people again, back to the science part, and not having heavy exercise at the end of the evening. And for the people that are having too many thoughts and ruminating, something as simple as meditation. So, but sleep, that's a full chapter by itself. I've had several people that are interviewed just on sleep, how to get better deep sleep and so on. Turn off that damn email and that phone. So it's a classic that we get distracted all the time. London University did a study that showed that if you had email notifications or Slack, wasn't Slack back then, it was just email notifications on your phone and calendar. If that pops up during the day, I'll just ask you the question, how many IQ points do you think you would lose by then? The number is 10. So 10 IQ points. That's the same as not sleeping for 36 hours. And if you had been smoking weed, you would only lose four IQ points. So the homie sitting next to you smoking weed might be more effective than you sitting, feeling super productive, having emails, Slack all the time. Just turn them off for an hour at a time and get back to them later if you want to get a lot of work done and feel like you actually did something during the day. So you, didn't, so you don't end up in the feeling being like, looking back at the day and you're like, what did I get done? I only had meetings and calls and emails and so on. And then don't beat up yourself. So uh, it's easy, like when we set up all these plans that too many of us are like, ah, why didn't I get to it? Like, don't beat up yourself. We all make mistakes. We're all imperfect humans. I think that's something that I found as a common trait as well. For all of the experts is really they have a high standard for themselves, but they also don't beat themselves up too much. They know they're going to make mistakes. They know they're testing out stuff and learning new, learning new things. So I think that's really important as well now that you heard some of the different things you can test out and you're like, oh, I'm still not getting that sleep. There's so many different things you can do to try and get better sleep. The last part being habits. So I made this cheat sheet from my time at Harvard on how to uh, reach goals and build new habits that you can uh, go download in the link in the end. But basically it's just something called mental contrasting, meaning that you set up what do you want to achieve? So say that after this talk, you're like, I want to get better sleep. All right, why do you want to get better sleep? And imagine what that would do to you actually to get better sleep. 
And what will you do to get better sleep? So you'll go to bed at what time? What will you do before? So are you going to go run instead? How are you going to do it? What time and when? That's called mental contrasting. And then implementation intentions is the second part. And that basically just means that you are thinking like, okay, when I do this goal, what is most likely going to happen? That means I'm not going to do it. So what are the three things that are most likely that are going to happen? So it means that you're not going to do it. And then what are you going to do to mitigate each of those steps? Those two steps together means the contrast and implementation tensions have shown incredible results for so many people. Studies again and again. So I highly recommend if you want to implement some of those habits that uh, you check that out. And I can see time is running. So uh, going back to the start, it's not our ambition that's lacking. It's the clarity of what we want. So if you work more on what is it that you really want, and that goes back again to the gratitude journal. I look at my gratitude journal each year, and sometimes I get surprised about stuff that I'm actually much more grateful for than I thought. So if you start doing that journal, it's also going to be easier for you to uh, to find the patterns. Get the right strategies. We talked about some of them today, and there's a billion strategies out there. And then make sure to implement it with habits. Then you are, uh, you're really on the path for, uh, for the happy life. And then again, life is not about waiting for the storm to pass, but learning to, uh, to kite in the wind. So um, find some quotes that makes you happy as well and that pushes you in the right direction. Some of it might be corny, but there's a reason why a lot of people love quotes. They kind of help. And then I think I'm pretty much out of time. If there's one or two questions, um, please feel free to connect with me. And uh, I got the links that you can find both uh, Kring, um Growth Island, my podcast, and also uh, Aya, if you're interested in mental health, then I would love to hear from you as well. And a link for, uh, for the cheat sheet. So I'm not sure if we got any questions. Yes, so I got the question. You often talk about habits. What is the most powerful habits you have developed in the recent extraordinary month? So I developed meditation a bit before. So, uh, so that was something to do. I didn't develop many new habits under the corona time because I was already meditating, doing my red light therapy, um, exercising and so on. So I think it's, especially in this month, I think it's very much about developing, a lot of people forget the social part. It's so easy to talk about the experiments for exercising, for eating healthy and so on, but I think the social part. And if you're being locked down, about doing video chats instead. So one of my other habits is that I try to call my grandma once a, once a week as well to make, uh, yeah, to get, and then call friends when I'm, when I'm doing something, when I'm cooking or something else. So any other questions? Nope. I think that is it. Thank you so much for everyone that tuned in. I hope that you will test some of this stuff out. There's a billion other hacks that I could talk about, but these are some of the most simple ones. Breathing would be the next one if I had more, had more time and we would have done an exercise. Something as simple as just breathing deep. Um, Wim Hof is another really good example that you can look up and box breathing. So, um, so many things to do. But uh, thank you so much. If there's no other questions, I hope you get a, a wonderful day. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Island. Be sure to subscribe for more episodes on how to be the best version of yourself. And if you found this show helpful, then please leave us a review so more people will learn about the podcast or share with a friend who can benefit from it too. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.